Welcome to a breaking news edition of the Putback with Ian Begley. I'm Chelsea Sherrod alongside our SNY NBA insider Ian Begley as we awake the NBA trade deadline at 3 p.m. today. And we've got trades, people. According to Ian, the Knicks have acquired both Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons and return the Knicks are trading Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archidiakono, and two second round picks back to Detroit. So a big trade here. Ian, you reported that Alec Burks has been on the Knicks radar for weeks. So how did Boyan Bogdanovich come into play in this trade? You know what? With Detroit, there was so much uncertainty over whether the Pistons would be willing to give up Bogdanovich. Teams weren't sure. I think some people with Detroit wanted to hold on to him to try to continue or to try to win games, I should say. Uh, others in the front office were willing to move him. So teams just didn't know. And uh, more recently, Detroit started talking to teams, including Philly, about Bogdanovich. And he had always been kind of a pie in the sky uh, target for New York going back to the 2023 deadline, but more so this year because they thought it would be tough to get both Burks and Bogdanovich. And here you are this morning. They get it done because Detroit decided to fully pivot and New York was aggressive there once Detroit became open to talking about Bogdanovich. Yeah, I really like this trade. Uh, Ian, Bogdanovich is averaging 20.2 points per game, playing 28 games so far this season with Detroit. So how will he fit into the Knicks rotation? You know, he'll fit in pretty seamlessly. Obviously, he brings shooting, he brings length. And one thing to note here is I was told that the Knicks operated at this deadline, are operating at this deadline with OG Ananobi's injury uh, in mind because there is concern, uncertainty around OG Ananobi's elbow. You know, they called it inflammation initially. Now they're calling it a bone spur irritation. I, I had heard late last week that he was making some progress, but he had missed games since then. So uh, we weren't sure what was going on. Now I do know that the Knicks have some uncertainty and concern about OG Ananobi's health status. So I think that played into their desire to get a player like Bogdanovich and maybe they're not done here looking for some insurance there. Yeah, for sure. Um, as I said before, you've talked for weeks about this reunion between Alec Burks and the Knicks. We know Tom Thibodeau is really high on Alec Burks, so he's back with the Knicks after they traded him to Detroit a couple of years ago. How much of the is he on Tom Thibodeau's club? Oh, uh, seamless. Seamless because we know what Burks did here when he was in New York. He was a big part of that team that got the fourth seed, made a run to the playoffs. Tom Thibodeau talked all season long about his versatility, his ability to do whatever you ask of him. And so I know Thibodeau was among the people who felt that, hey, no matter what happens at this deadline, we have to be aggressive on Burks. We have to try to get Burks. Philadelphia was in there too, as recently as late last night. But once they made a move for Buddy Heald, uh, the Knicks had a clear path there to getting Burks. And so he will come off the bench for this team, barring injuries. He'll come off the bench for this team and help organize that second unit. And he'll take some of the pressure off of Jalen Brunson in terms of ball handling, playmaking. So that's what the Knicks were looking for, and that's what they got in Burks. Chelsea, one note on Bogdanovich. He is under contract for next season, partially guaranteed, and I think that's important too because 
New York had wanted to figure out a way to get a player under contract for next year so they could potentially use that player in a deal this offseason. So they checked off that box with Bogdanovich. Yeah, I think that was another big part of this trade. That's something that um, will definitely benefit the Knicks. Uh, again, here's what the Knicks are sending to Detroit. So the Pistons are getting Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archidiacono, and two second-round picks. So first off, Ian, Quentin Grimes surprised some people when it was initially reported. So why do you think Grimes is in this deal? You know, there, there had been uh, hope, I think, on, on both sides that they could figure something out in terms of a trade, whether it was February 8th today or the offseason. It was looking unlikely that they were going to be able to get something done here because the Bogdanovich factor was not fully known, right? If it was just Quentin Grimes, I mean, excuse me, if it was just Alec Burks, Quentin Grimes would not have been in this deal. He's in this deal because of Bogdanovich and because I think the Knicks also were hesitant to give up a first. They've been hesitant to give up a first in any of their conversations, including with Toronto and Bruce Brown. So I think Grimes is kind of the substitute there. And look, for whatever reason, these, the player and the team were not on the same page on a different timeline. It seemed Knicks needing to win now and they needed to try to use Grimes to fill some holes that they had in the roster. You know, again, I think he was going to be moved whether it was today or in the offseason at some point. And he's gone today. I think, you know, it probably hurts for both sides. Both sides wanted this to work out better than it had been Grimes starting the season as the starting shooting guard coming off the bench and, uh, you know, just not finding a consistent role with this club. I think he should do well in Detroit, though. He should have a good opportunity there to get the ball in his hands and make plays. Yeah, I agree. He's averaging about seven points per game on 40% shooting from the field. So hopefully he does have more opportunities with the Pistons. Um, another big piece of this, Ian, is Evan Fournier, who's only played in three games this season. But his contract was one of the ones that intrigued a lot of teams. So where do you think this Evan Fournier piece kind of comes into play? Yeah, very attractive contract. Uh, obviously, he's could be under contract for next year, got the team option. But now I think for Detroit, it's more so, you know, expiring salary. So the Pistons are able to free up some more money this summer. I mean, they're going to have a ton of cap space. Uh, they're going to be aggressive with that cap space. I think that there's some interest there in Nets big man Nick Claxton. So I wonder if their competition for the Nets with Claxton, but this for Detroit was a way to clear up cap space. And that's why Fournier was valuable here. And, you know, I hope for Evan Fournier, just as a human being, that he's able to get on the floor in Detroit, able to get some rhythm because I think teams think he could still play. He can still knock down shots. It's just about him getting playing time. He wasn't getting it in New York. He was not thrilled with uh, his position there. And so hopefully for him, he gets it now with the Pistons. Yeah, I think for Evan Fournier, it was kind of a matter of when, just as you've been reporting, Ian. And so now is the time. Uh, you talked about OG Ananobi's injury, the bone spur in his right elbow. Julius Randle is still sidelined for them. Mitchell Robinson will start on court activities after the All-Star break. So how much did injuries create a sense of urgency for the Knicks at the deadline? Yeah, I think maybe not so much the Randall one. I think, you know, within the team, there's still optimism that he can make it back. And because everybody knows that he wants to make it back. He's going to do everything he can to make it back. And I think there have been some good signs 
uh, during this two to three week rehab process for Randall. So that's good. But I think it was really Ananobi and just the idea that there's uncertainty there and, and it, they're not really 100% sure um, when he can come back, when he will come back. So I think that factored in. And if you look at also, you know, Grimes being hurt, you know, I don't, I don't know if that factored into him being moved or not. I don't think he had a serious injury, but particular, in particular, the Ananobi injury played a role. I do think when you look at the big men, though, and I think the Knicks, you know, had they had talks with Washington on Daniel Gafford, but with Precious Achua Precious playing better recently. Uh, to think that that changed how aggressive they've been on trying to get a big man. Um, you know, nothing is done until it's done. But the idea that you have Hartenstein, you have Achua, maybe you're getting Robinson back later in the regular season. I think that led the Knicks to be less aggressive on the big man market. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Um, okay, there's still less than three hours until the NBA trade deadline. So we will be back at 2.45 to recap everything that happened with the Knicks and elsewhere. Ian and I will be joined by Jonathan Macri of Knicks Film School and Fred Katz of The Athletic. Um, Ian, another question for you. With Bogdanovich and Burt, Burke coming in, we saw some other moves in the East so far this morning. So how do you think this trade helps the Knicks in their positioning in the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I think it helps them a lot. It gives them what they were looking for. And you talk about other teams in the East. I'm looking at Philadelphia because they have already traded for Buddy Heald. And I think they're still going to be aggressive, uh, maybe looking for more shooting. Uh, so even without Joel Embiid, I think that's a, that's a challenging team. They still have Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris playing really well. So you look there, you look to see what else they can do. But, I, you know, I think with what the Knicks have done, they were able to shore up something they needed to shore up off the bench, scoring off the bench, playmaking. And then you have Bogdanovich, who's a very talented veteran and can really shoot the ball. So you think logically that with the Knicks doing this, Philly doing what they're doing, Boston obviously is going to mostly sit tight. Cleveland we haven't heard much on yet. Uh, so based on where things are right now, it seems like the Knicks have really helped themselves in the East. Although with Cleveland, I would I would wait a little bit because they had been in on Royce O'Neal uh, with the Nets. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith with the Nets, I'm not sure that he's going to get moved because the Nets are asking for a lot. But I wonder if Cleveland is aggressive on, on Royce O'Neal and gets something done there because that would kind of change how they look post-deadline too. Yeah, I think all of the moves that the Knicks have made so far this season have helped them get better. Um, and I think that that really says a lot. Uh, so, Ian, we've seen Jalen Brunson and others stretched out minutes-wise over the last few weeks. So what players currently on the Knicks roster could be impacted by their arrivals when it comes to playing time? You know, it's probably too early to say. Um, I had heard, like, just kind of casually that Tom Thibodeau eventually would maybe cut his rotation to eight players, shorten it a little bit, and – if you bring in an Alec Burks there and then you have obviously Josh Hart and you have Precious Achua, maybe that's where it gets shortened, right? I, I think that that'll be on the table for later this season. And it's hard to say specifically whose minutes would get cut in the near future, especially with all the injuries. Um, you know, you would say Deuce McBride, but Quentin Grimes is going out. So there's still going to be a need for McBride minutes. But I think bigger picture, you take a look at the rotation and you take a look at the idea that Thibodeau may shorten it to eight guys later this year. 
Yeah, Ian, I just want to follow up with you on both the contract for Bogdanovich um, and Alec Burks. And you kind of mentioned this before, especially with Bogdanovich and how that benefits the Knicks. But what do these contracts really mean as far as the Knicks, you know, cash space wise and even looking forward, you know, towards the summer and other things that they want to get done? Right. Yeah. It doesn't really impact the cap space situation. Um, and it, I think it puts them a little bit closer to the cap that they're at this year after signing DiVincenzo, the, the number they can't go over for this year. But you look ahead, right? You look at the summer, like that gives them a salary in Bogdanovich. Uh, I think it's around 20 million off the top of my head for next year. That gives them a salary to move if they decide to go be aggressive and go after a top player. And I think that is still part of the plan here. Uh, you know, when you get to the summer, you get into next season, you see who's available, uh, you know, Carl Towns, who, who's going to be available. And I think you go from there if you're in the Knicks. So Bogdanovich gives you an attractive player, an attractive salary to put in a trade. And that's something that they may not have had, you know, without this deal. If they just got Alec Burks, they wouldn't have had that because Burks is an unrestricted free agent this summer. And even if they had signed Burks to an extension, he wouldn't have been trade eligible until early August. So that would have really impacted their ability to get something done this summer. But getting Bogdanovich in here, I think that changes the calculus a little bit. And they were able to thread this tight needle, right? Like they needed a bench score, somebody impactful who could come in right away and help them. And they were also looking for a player under contract for next year. It was difficult to find that in one player. Bruce Brown checked those boxes. Uh, but I think with Toronto and also with Utah and Clarkson, you know, the, the price was high. Uh, draft compensation was high. And I think, you know, I don't know if he's fully off the market at this point, Clarkson and Utah. But teams have said, like, Danny Age is asking for a ton. So uh, it seems right now that he's less likely to be dealt. But I think that's where you are with this whole thing. The Knicks were able to find what they needed in two players as opposed to having to check both boxes with one player. Yeah. Uh, beyond these acquisitions, Ian, how well are the Knicks set up for going for a top player this summer? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're kind of where they – we're entering today, and, and the way you look at it to me is the first-round picks, right? Because Toronto had wanted a good draft compensation for Bruce Brown. Again, Utah and, uh, and Clarkson, same thing. But they were able to do these deals without including first-round picks, and they were able to do the Ananobi deal without including first-round picks. So I think right now they are able to trade as many as eight first-rounders and that's their own, and that's other teams' first rounders. And so, just to, to maintain that number of first round picks going into a summer where you may want to make a significant trade, I think that's that's big for the Knicks. It's just the draft competition. And then, you know, you look at the salaries: Bogdanovich, Miles McBride, his extension. He is trade eligible, I believe, on June thirtieth. So he's a player who, you know, if they choose to go that route, the salary helps them there. Uh, they don't have a lot of uh, personnel to offer, but that draft compensation, I think that's what would maybe put them over the top in a conversation for uh, one of the big-name players in this league. Yeah, good to know. I know a lot of Knicks fans are still waiting for that one big splash from the team. Uh, the biggest name that had been attracted to the Knicks in the build-up to today, Ian, has been DeJounte Murray with the Hawks. Why did that not work out, and could there be a future match 
between the two. I think part of it was price point. Like when the Knicks, you know, I, I knew that there were some people who really liked Murray and liked his fit with Jalen Brunson in particular. But, you know, that was back when, even before the OG Ananobi deal happened. And so once the Ananobi deal happens and then they go on a tear, right? I think, what are they, what were they, 12 and two, uh, 13 and two in January with Ananobi. So they go on a big run. And I think that changed their thinking on bringing in a, a big player like Murray at the deadline because things were going so well. And if you brought a player like Murray in, obviously you're disrupting your starting lineup, you're disrupting your rotations. And that's tough to do at this point in the season. So I think the Knicks' success lately had a lot to do with where they were ultimately on DeJounte Murray. Uh, he could still be moved. I know people have reported on New Orleans uh, being in there. They have been in there. Uh, I know, I think CJ McCollum was who Atlanta was asking for in terms of a package there. I don't think there's momentum, though, because uh, on Murray's side and the Hawks' side, you know, there's, I would say this, there is, uh, and not a huge appetite to go to that market, I don't think. So I don't think there's momentum there. So then you look at the Lakers and what they do, how aggressive do they get on a Bruce Brown or a Murray. So I don't think he's off the table, but for the Knicks, it just didn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, just reiterating this trade for the Knicks again. So according to Ian, the Knicks have acquired Boyan Bogdanovich and Alex Burke from the Detroit Pistons. And in return, the Knicks are sending Detroit Quentin Grimes Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archidiakono, and two second-round picks to the Pistons. Uh, so, Ian, both Bogdanovich and Burke are backcourt players. So what does this trade mean for Miles McBride's spot and the rotation moving forward? Yeah, I think that's where you look, right, in terms of whose minutes are going to be impacted. I think it's logical to look at McBride because Josh Hart, uh, who's starting uh, with the injuries, but let's say even with the Knicks fully healthy, Josh Hart would be getting minutes off the bench. Um, and obviously you need a big man, so Precious Achua would be getting minutes off the bench. And then you have Burks. So it seems to me that if Tom Thibodeau goes with that eight-man or even nine-man rotation, Miles McBride could be the one who's on, on the outside looking in. And that wouldn't be a reflection on McBride's play because he's been an, as good or better than the Knicks could have asked, given all the injuries, given the situation here. Uh, McBride has been a very good shooter and defender for this team. He stepped up big time. So I don't want to put the cart before the horse here and trying to guess like who's out of the rotation or whose minutes are going to get clipped. But if you look at it logically, it would probably be McBride. But the one thing with the Burks deal, though, is you can put the ball in his hands now, right? And so then you could move McBride off the ball. And I think McBride thrived off the ball as a shooter more than he did with the ball in his hand. So maybe this puts McBride in a more comfortable position in his minutes with Alec Burks. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, so, Ian, you said earlier that the Knicks might not be done. So is there a chance that there's another deal before 3 p.m.? I would say unlikely, but the only reason I think that there could be something there is because maybe, you know, some other insurance in terms of a big wing becomes available. And with the uncertainty around OG and Anobi, maybe the Knicks, it falls into their lap and they say we should do it just to have somebody here because we're not sure about Ananobi. Now, I don't think, I haven't heard at least, that the Ananobi thing is anything like a season-ending 
injury. I know, you know, in-season surgery is a possibility with the bone spurs, but I haven't heard anything to date that's led me to believe that it's season ending. I, th I just think it's more so not knowing when he's going to be better, when he's going to be back, that led to some of their thinking at this trade deadline and why I think maybe they're not done if, if something kind of falls into their laps. All right, so once again, Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks are coming to the Knicks. All right, guys, there's less than three hours before the NBA trade deadline. We will be back at 2.45 to recap this trade and everything else that will be happening potentially with the Knicks and elsewhere. Ian and I will be joined by Jonathan Macri of Knicks Film School and Fred Cass of The Athletic. But for now, I'm Chelsea Sherrod. We will see you again at 2.45.